Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming. We're on episode number 145. Today is August 24th. My name is Craig Prowse and joining me as always, Manager Montemay. I hope you're ready for our six-hour Gamescom show. Ooh, is that is that one for tomorrow or is that, was that early, later today? <laughs> no, that's tomorrow. Oh, dude. I, hey, the audacity on them, the ego on them. I can't wait to watch six hours of walking through an empty area. I don't think they even had six hours of material. We don't. <laughs> so, guys, thank you for joining us today. If you're watching us on the YouTube uh, channel, make sure you guys hit like, leave a comment, subscribe. Uh, hit the share and bell notification if you can. If you want to follow us on any of our social medias, our Linktree link is in the description of this video. And if you guys are listening to the audio-only version of this podcast, feel free to listen to us on whatever podcast platform uh, you like. But Anchor is the home for us. And from there, if you guys want to help support the show, you definitely can do so. So uh, before we dive into our main topics, guys, Andrew and I like to do what are you up to where we take a minute and talk about anything we've been playing, anything we've been watching, if we got anything coming up. So Andrew, we're doing the show a little earlier this week because uh, I'm actually going to be doing something. So you want me to start it off first? Yeah, talk about your trip. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there first. So at the end, so starting out is what I'm watching. Uh, I did watch House of Dragon, which is the Game of Thrones prequel which aired on sunday the 21st on hbo max and i gotta say if anybody was nervous about it and i kind of was especially you know a lot of people had nervous feelings or bad feelings with how game of thrones ended they thought that maybe taking new material that's not based on any books it would kind of be like that last season which for the record i did enjoy um this show's actually great now again this is based on one episode that i've seen so far but the acting is great um the characters are interesting you can already see that game of thrones you know um template of you know like you can already start seeing betrayals coming in you can already start seeing uh some shit happen there's already been some deaths so it's it's definitely game of thrones dna but uh on a good and bad note just for some trivia for you guys um on sunday 21st when they actually uh when people kind of tuned in to try to watch it it actually shut down and overloaded their servers like a bunch of people couldn't do it and they were trying to say that it was due to firefox devices and it was a couple thousands but later reports are showing that it was more than just that and it was probably close to like tens of thousands of people were having issues trying to log in but with that being said that just shows that how many people are still willing to come back and watch this show i know it was kind of you know, up in the air, you know, is Game of Thrones relevant anymore? Does it still hold a place in the zeitgeist? And apparently it does. So just to put in context, that the last biggest premiere that Euphoria, on HBO Max was this show called Euphoria. It was their season two finale. It had 6.6 million viewers at one time, which was the biggest they've done, or at least as of recently. And then compared to the original Game of Thrones premiere, that only had 2.22 million House of Dragon had 19.3 million viewers on that day one, which is three times as much as their last biggest and almost 10 times as much as Game of Thrones. So um, I'm super happy to know that like they're, they're pushing forward and it's great movie quality. I did want to point out that the, um, oh God, I never backed out. The guy that plays the prince, Matt Smith, uh, he steals the show for me. I thought he was one of the best characters I don't know if he's going to go in one direction or the other, but he kind of reminds me of, like, a Ramsey Bolton mixed with, like, season one Jamie Lannister. So, I don't know. When you finally watch it, because you're going to watch it this week, let me know what you think about this character. I'm going to watch it. I did hear that from someone else saying, like, 
made the same comparison, like a kind of Ramsey-ish that you don't know if you're going to end up loving him or hating him. Yeah, I love to hate him. So that's what I've been watching, guys. Leave in the comments down below what you thought of. As far as what I've been um, playing, I, I was hoping, because uh, General Gino wanted to jump on the show, maybe he'll get on next week, but this game, never uh, <laughs> Solasta, uh, Crown of the Magister, um, came out, and let's see, this is a like a hardcore 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons type game. It came out on October 20th, 2020, so it's been out for a minute. It's developed and published by Tactical Adventures, and oddly enough, it is an Xbox exclusive, and if you're looking to play it, it's on the Game Pass. It's um, it's great D&D gameplay. It's probably the best I've ever played that's, that's, that's kind of um, revolving around tactical turn-based strategy. It's it takes the like the backgrounds, the races, the skills, the checks, the crafting, all things you know from tabletop D and D, and puts it into this game flawlessly. Like so, we're playing a home game right now of Dungeons and Dragons, and sometimes we'll be a little iffy on some rules, and we'll have to check it. When you're playing this game, a lot of the things that like we had questions on, like the game like answers it, and and it does it in a pretty in a pretty good way. And just like any D and D game, like the the decisions that you make will have an effect of the game. So if you're interested in it and you got an Xbox, or I think it's on PC as well, but definitely check it out if you're into D&D. So the reason why we're um, doing the show a little early is that uh, tomorrow, there's Dante, Herbert, uh, my, myself, and Deandra, we're all going to Vegas to see um, a Falling in Reverse Papa Roach concert, and then on Friday, we're flying to, I believe, Idaho for her cousin's birthday party. And we so for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll be completely out of town, which is gonna be. I I was kind of looking forward to it because I know this is gonna be good switch play. Like I'm gonna pack up both the switches. I think I'm gonna go buy live uh, live alive and start playing that. Why don't you play some Metroid Dread? Oh yeah, okay. No, I'll take Metroid Dread. I'll and I'll take live alive and then I'll take um, Triangle Strategy just so I have a couple options because those plane rides, man, can just be boring if you're not playing anything. So. Uh, that is what I've got going on, Andrew. How about yourself, my good chap? Uh, I actually re-downloaded and started uh, Destiny 2's DLC, The Witch Queen. Now, for those of you that don't know, Destiny did just have an event. We're kind of not going to go over that. There was some cool stuff in there, but you really have to more be a big Destiny fan for it. But the cooler part of it is, is that all Destiny DLC, except for the new one they just announced, which is Lightfall, all the DLC is like half off right now. So I'm actually going to purchase the Witch Queen because it's only like 20 bucks instead of normally being $40. But until Monday the 29th, I believe, they're actually all free. And Destiny 2 is already free to play and it's on the Game Pass. So you can go in, start the game, and you can play any of the DLC that you, maybe you wanted to dip your toe back in and kind of see how it felt, which is what I was doing. And it kind of already has me in it. At first it wasn't because it was frustrating because I started in. And I'll tell you right now, it like instantly throws you into a mission for the Witch Queen. Just orbit out of there because if you haven't played in a long time like I have, you're not going to be strong enough to do it. And it doesn't tell you that. <laughs> so I was getting max. I'm like, dude, I don't know where to fucking go. I don't know what to do. There's so much new stuff that it just felt like it was too much and it's not telling me. that I went to a few places and I finally found a spot where if you're new jumping in as a part of... They take some, not your gear, but like if you have exotics, they'll give you exotics plus your legendaries and stuff. There's a bunch of free gear that you get that cranks you up to an adequate enough level to be able just to cruise through it if you want to. Or it'll be more challenging if you're on legendary. So after I, it took me like an hour of kind of 
going around all these different places and everything to figure it out. I don't know if maybe it's just me or there's an easier way to do it. I helped Dante do that a little bit earlier so he wouldn't get lost. But me and my cousin both started it last night. We're like, dude, I have no clue where to go. We're shooting these things. We're not doing shit. <laughs> we're trying to run past them, but it's it was like one of those spots where like you have to fight them in order for the next area to be able to like so that way you can go so i'm like well fuck there's got to be something that we're missing but either way once we got that stuff figured out it was a lot of fun like i remember loving destiny and jumping back in i'm like even though there's not achievements which kind of sucks i'm like you know what i don't even care now like i just want to have fun and there's no other like big looter shooters out there that i'm like this is kind of exactly what i'm wanting right now let's play on the side while i'm kind of playing other games too so i highly recommend it and if you want to play hit me up because i'm all for that the dlc didn't come with like add-on achievements no, that they only did that with the first one. I looked it up last night too, and I was like, "Well, that's kind of weird for them to do something like that." But they only did it with the Forsaken DLC, which is also free to play for a week. So get in there and try to get some of that while you can. But yeah, they only did it with the first one, and then do it didn't do it with anything after that. Do you know, but, oh, so what are you installing it on? Because I saw there was like 179 gigs or something. That, will it go to an external hard drive at all, or how much of it is going to need to be on internal? Or do you remember? Um, I'm I, like I, I have to delete something if I want to like download this fucking thing. I think it has to be on the internal because it run it's mm -hmm. got the Xbox Series like update and stuff on it. So I don't know if it could run on an external. That's the thing too is I have the external one that's made for Xbox. Mm -hmm. So it for me it runs no matter what. Okay. So I couldn't tell you. Interesting. As far as anything else, I did go watch the movie Bullet Train with Brad Pitt, and I absolutely love that movie. So I highly recommend going to check it out. I thought it was just funny all the way through, and it's just one of those movies, especially if you like dialogue heavy movies oh man i i put it in like my top five i just had such a good time it's something that i definitely want to go see again or i can't it's i i was already talking with my girlfriend about it. she said that you know it's one of those movies that once it's out and on something that's going to be one of those movies you just put on every night before you go to bed and you're just kind of listening to it enjoying it and having like it was just that movie that really did it for me recently you're breathing heavy baby that movie's getting your you're getting your jones in huh so with that being said um all right guys so with that down and out of the way, let's move into our main topic, and that is that the Gamescom opening night live just happened on August 23rd. That was live from Germany, um, being hosted by Jeff Keeley, showing off over as always. 35 games. Yeah, as always, looking dapper with those. Always, dude, his shoe game, I bring it up every time. His shoe game is always on point. I want I want a pair of Jeff Keeley J's. Um, over 35 games, I think it was roughly around two hours and essentially it's got a lot of good response a lot of people have been saying it's you know this is the closest thing the closest event that we've been able to see we know it's all the last two years of all these kind of digital showcases the closest thing to an e3 that we've had in quite some time you know with nothing but world premieres updated and new uh trailers good guests coming a lot of on. gameplay so, yeah a lot of good gameplay so before we dive into what kind of stood out to us i mean how'd you just like the kind of show in general i mean jeff Keighley doesn't ever seem to fail and, and it's cool that they're able to do a live show in germany i like the show a lot i mean it, it was it was fine for what it was like i i don't think obviously there's lulls because there's always games that aren't for you but i never felt like it was like oh man this sucks or this is terrible like i actually really enjoyed it and again yeah it is kind of the closest thing we have to feel in like a proper games comic showcase or an e3 showcase and i think that's kind of something i was happy about is a lot of these games even some of the ones i've written down here it all just gameplay, gameplay, gameplay. There were some that just had CG trailers. I think the only thing that bugged me that I talked to you a little bit about earlier is at the end they did do like a, well, we're doing our sort of award, awards. Our, our, our awards. <laughs> and unless I missed it, they did one and he's like, all right, for most anticipated game coming to PlayStation. And they chose a game called Liza P. 
and then they moved on to something else and they didn't do it for like xbox or anything else and even though that other game is multi-platform it's like well why would you just only do it for playstation unless maybe they paid for a spot they're in there they're gatekeeping but bro. i don't they strike rem- again i don't remember there being anything there was a couple of playstation stuff in here but there was xbox stuff in there too so i don't remember it being more heavily one way yeah, than the other focused. unless unless maybe i'm just thinking wrong were you watching it um on the clock or what uh, no, I ended up watching it like after I got home. I, I was a little too busy at work. <laughs> nice. So, um, yeah, and again, for those of you keeping up, this is running from like the 23rd to the 28th. So not only is you know, the, the first night good, there's a bunch of stuff happening over the week. So today actually is the Future Tech um, stream, right? What, is that the one that you sent me? Yeah. So we didn't get a chance to watch that yet. So and I, since I'm going to be out of town for the next few days, hopefully by the time we do the next show, we can kind of do a nice recap of what the whole week had to offer. Because moving forward, there's still going to be a bunch of good stuff throughout the rest of the week that I can't wait to see. Yeah, I know there's the Future Games show today, and I think that's by like Games Radar or something. And then there's the Microsoft conference tomorrow, which isn't really a conference, but it's like six hours of... Who knows what it is they're going to show. And then there's a few other people going this week too. So Yeah. So what we want to do is kind of take a second to point out a couple of the games that caught our eyes. So instead of going through all 35 games, the link, a link in, is in the description that has a list of everything that was shown. And there's also a link in the description that will actually take you to the video. If you guys haven't seen it, you can actually watch it. But before we do that, I did want to just point out that PlayStation um, 5 is introducing the new DualSense Edge wireless controller, the ultra-customizable controller for the PS5, which essentially is just like the Xbox Elite 2 controller. It's got a this bunch of their answer to it. features. I gotta say, I, I love the design. I love the way it looks. I like that they've, you know, put more black into the design because the other one's kind of more heavy, like just white-focused, which I think this the aesthetic just looks better when you're comparing it to the machine. But yeah, it's got a lot of the stuff the Elite controller had. It's got the customizable controls, uh, the changeable stick caps, back buttons, and more. The biggest thing that I find um, uh, heartening about this is that it's actually a peripheral that Sony is making. It's not a third-party um, controller. Cats. Yeah, so I think they finally learned that people will pay top dollar for Sony-made shit because it is good quality. and Handmade quality shit. Hey, this is handmade quality shit. And when you do that, it just I, I just feel better buying first-party shit, you know, things that they make versus an off- you know, brand generic. So I am glad that they kind of moved forward and, and did this control. And I feel like it's about time. You know, they're on their first one where, you know, Xbox is already on their second version. That was my big thought too. I was like, damn, it really took you guys kind of long enough to do something. Obviously there's been other competitors out there that do that sort of thing. Uh, like scuff. Um, I can't really think of any other big ones. I know, I know there's others, but scuff's usually like the biggest one. Um, but yeah, I'm a big fan of the more customizable. I can't, really imagine going back to a normal controller especially after using the elite 2 control i have two of them actually i have one brand new one just sitting in a box for when mine breaks and then i have my own and i remember telling you before you even started using it, i'm like after using this man i can't go back to using anything else because it feels i don't want to say cheap but yeah it just does not feel right yeah gino bought me that one i don't know if it was for a christmas or a birthday but uh at first, I was like, oh, this just feels weird. I want my old controller. And then the more you play, I'm like, oh, no, fuck that. Like, daddy ain't never going back. So it's 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 nice that Sony users now have a controller, especially if they're playing a first-party accessory Yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. And you've got, you know, because you can set up different button mapping and things like that. So it is nice to just be able to go, okay, I'm playing Call of Duty. Okay, now I'm switching to Assassin's Creed. Now I'm switching. So I know the options are good. So I'm glad that they finally got a controller for that. So 
uh, let's start diving into what stood out. So, Andrew and I, out of the 35-plus games, <coughs> we picked um, four each that we kind of wanted to point out and kind of shed light on. Uh, Andrew, what was your first game that caught your eye? I'll go first, and who knows how this is going to go because there's been kind of some of these lately. But I think the most surprising game to me, something I never thought I'd see in a million years, is actually, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, <coughs> is they're making an asymmetrical 3v7 Killer Clowns from Outer Space game. Now, that's a cult classic movie. Have you ever seen Killer Clowns from uh, Outer Space? When I was space? younger, but yeah. I, I, I And I, I've seen the cover all the time at like Hastings and stuff like that, but yeah, it was a weird movie, if I remember right. Yeah, it is a little cheese. A lot, Actually, it's, it's very, very crazy cheese, but it's the good kind that's just one of those movies that's always stuck out in my head. I actually really enjoy it. It scared me a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. but it's something I love as an adult. And I remember when I was watching the trailer, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this game could even be because there's a dude sitting down, but as soon as the door opened and the things hold, the clowns hold the box pizzas, you don't see the top of his head. I was like, oh, no way they're going to make a game out of that. And then the dude pops out and it's just like the scene from the movie. And I'm like, I never thought in a million years that I'd see something like that. So... They are making that, and that's going to be done, uh, published by Good Shepherd. The developer is TerraVision. Now, that has, uh, I think that's an studio, and they have an executive director from the Friday the 13th asymmetrical game on there. So, as far as they said, they did show some gameplay in there, and I actually thought it looked pretty good. So, you're playing as the clowns, obviously, trying to attack the humans, and the humans, you're trying to, I think, destroy either the spaceship, kill the clowns, but you're kind of looting an area as a team, so you're trying to get these supplies and everything together so you can fight the clowns. I'm like, that sounds a lot cooler than, like, what the Predator or the Friday the 13th right. was, the 1 versus 4, the whatever, the 3 versus 7, sounds like that would be, have a lot more engagement, plus... You're not overpowered, but you do have your kind of comrades with you as a villain that you're almost playing as a team, but maybe you are strong enough as one by yourself to where I could, okay, I could probably 1v3 these people or something like that, but if the other guys show up, then I'm it's going to be a little more hectic, so um, I don't think that a release date for that. Um, it says sometime in 2023 they're going to be doing it in open beta. This game is, co- or not an open beta, they are going to have a beta. This game is going to be PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, X, both Xboxes, and for PC is all they've announced so far. But either way, for something to come out of nowhere and to have gameplay on it that I thought looked pretty good, I'm actually strangely excited for this. And I felt like I've had enough lately of the asymmetrical like horror villain talk but this totally got me hyped yeah it's gonna be really interesting if this is the one that works like out of all the ones that like came and tried to do this and like kind of fell off it'd be really cool if this is the one that actually sticks the landing oh that's what i was thinking too i was like of all the things because you have predator you have friday the 13th you know the big boys the resident, and it's killer the resident evil one with the um, oh. resistance or whatever <laughs> yeah and then you're gonna have killer clowns from outer space come in and show you how it's done <laughs> i love it nice uh, anything else on that Nah. your next one so the first one guys um that caught my eye was this game called Moonbreaker. Now, Moonbreaker is a turn-based strategy tabletop tactics game designed to be a true digital, I uh, say, designed to be a true digital miniatures experience set in an expansive sci-fi universe crafted by Brandon Sanderson. Direct a captain and crew to determine the fate of the reaches in a gripping, ever-changing competition and adventure. So it's already up my alley in terms of what you're going to be doing. It's released date it, is September. It that? looked like it was totally for yeah, you. Sorry. It, it, yeah, it's definitely my style. It comes out September 29th, uh, 2022, so uh, actually next month. And it's developed by Unknown Worlds Entertainment and <coughs> published by uh, Crafton Inc. Now, this thing is, 
I mean, it's awesome that they're doing a game. It's because I love just tactical strategy RPG games. It's cool that they're making pieces that are miniatures because, like I said, when we play Dungeons and Dragons, that it definitely has that type of vibe. The color palette alone, though, pops in this game. Like this game just shines. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of seeing some uh, some footage it right there. Oozes it, style. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got tons of of flair to it, but. The thing that really caught my eye was that they have this painting system in there that's kind of, um, that's really different. You don't see that too often because they said it's not Photoshop, 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 and that you can actually take this full, you know, customization paint sets that they've mimicked to be like brushes and spray, and spray paint and things like that. Right. And you can do any piece and do it however you want. And then he goes, the whole game was done like that. So everything that you're seeing is done by the system that they have in the game that you can use yourself, which... It's cool because even if you aren't going to play the game, I mean, a lot of people painting miniatures, that's just a fun hobby for them. So the fact that you can do it on a digital scale and just take time to like, you know, oh yeah, I'm bored, I need 20 minutes to kill. Cool, let me jump on this and paint a figure. When they were talking about that, I was thinking of like, oh man, this, I wonder if this will take off and maybe just be its own style of game. Like how like Power Washing oh, Simulator yeah. Ooh, or, Gra- or like the, the Mowing Lawn Simulator, Flight Simulator. That could be a thing because that is something a lot of people love to do is just sit yeah. there, take your time and create this perfectly it. created thing that I was like, man, I could see that just being a game alone by itself. Yeah, and as far as the combat looks, I, I love it. It seems like the miniatures all have like even though I don't think their mouths are moving, they all have like a voice and they all have like, they all have certain like catchphrases that they're saying. I like the idea of doing, you know, a captain and then you have a team. Me and Gino made up a game way back in the day with miniatures that was kind of like the same premise. You had a, like a general and then you had troops and you would battle each other. So to me, I'm, it instantly just took me back to like junior high of us playing uh, this homemade game that we made up. But the only hiccup for me is that the game is only, so as of right now, only coming to PC and I think it's on Steam. So... You know, the console version that I would love to play, you know, isn't in existence right now. But as far as something like this, you know, this might pull me into jumping on a computer and playing it. Because I do have a Steam account. And I wouldn't mind actually checking this out and see how it is. Because um, from everything I saw in the trailer, the way the combat looks, it definitely looks like a Craigie game. So, uh, super excited for that. And we don't normally cover mainly PC games. So, if you guys are PC gamers, there's definitely there's one for you. So. Speaking of games that are only announced for PC, my next one is so far only announced for PC, and that was Where Wind Meets. Now, that's um, published and developed by Everstone Studios. Now, watching this, it looked like Ghost of Tsushima, but in, like, very high fantasy. There's all that's these monsters thinking, yeah. you're kind of sleuthing around. It's got tons of combat. It's very open world, and it's beautiful. There's tons and tons of scenery in this. At one point, like, you're in the snow. This other time you're he's like sneaking aboard these ships destroying these barrels and then you're just going through like uh it takes place in 10th century china and yeah i'll take it and i was like damn this game i think out of all of them maybe has me the most excited because i just thought it looked beautiful and i uh, if it's anything like what ghost of shishima was i'm like damn that totally seems like right up that alley it looks super dope yeah i was watching it the first that's the first thing i was thinking i'm like oh cool ghost too and then, uh, I was, you know, then it goes on, and you're like, dude, it's cool, because I liked it, because not only did Ghost kind of, I don't want to say piggyback off of what Assassin's Creed was kind of doing, but it made it its own. So now it's almost like there's people kind of be more like Ghost versus more games trying to be like Assassin's Creed, and to me, that's a good thing, so. I just love the high fantasy aspect of it. You have, like, all these monsters and, like, demons yeah. and stuff like that. I was just like, man, this is, to- if anything, I don't know if you're going around as, like, a demon slayer, like, what you're doing, I'm like, damn, this is super dope. Nice. So... Uh, my second game, guys, is a game called Atlas 
fallen. And uh, the description says, Rise from the dust and glide the sands of a timeless land filled with ancient dangers, mysteries, and fragments of the past. Hunt legendary monsters with powerful sand-infused weapons and abilities in spectacular, super-powered combat. Now, the release date so far is in 2023, so there's no hard date. The developer is uh, Deck 13 Interactive, and the publisher is Focus Entertainment. So, uh, this game looks like a nice, big, open-world game. Another, you know, style and genre that I appreciate. It shows, I mean, the whole thing is based on these two different players. And some of the combat was, I saw a single. But I did see moments where there's two players actually playing together at the same time. So, I like that if that's actually, I don't know if it's a character that's, you know, following you. Or you actually can jump in and do some multiplayer. But... I mean, easily the, the most unique thing about it was the way they were traversing. They were kind of doing this, like, power slide through the sand, which looked really interesting. The monsters all looked cool. It looks like they're going to have this big-scale epic battle as well as some, like, nice, clean combat with some smaller creatures. Um, the biggest kind of thing I was worried about was I, I wonder if it's only going to be a sand biome, you know, because that can be boring it can be bland to look at yeah yeah. just aesthetically it can just be like oh more brown more dusty buildings but from what i saw it looks cool because i can imagine them doing more like underground ruins or (coughs) maybe even kind of getting into more mountain space but the biggest thing that i liked about it was that this game moving forward is a ps5 exclusive so i'm glad that games are dropping cutting the cord from last gen because even if you compare this to like you know um Horizon Zero Dawn and, and Forbidden West, PS4, PS5. Final Fantasy VII Remake, PS4, PS5. I like that this game is going, no, this is just for the PS5. So we're going to put all you know all the power behind the PS5 running this game. And I'm glad that we're moving forward. And that's what caught my eye the best. I'm like, cool, there's a good game in 2023 that I can run on my PS5 that I don't, worry, I don't have to worry that it would be as buggy or as glitchy as it could have been had it still been running on a PS4. No, I agree. Um, if you don't have anything else, then I, I was yeah, going to say no. about my next one. My next one actually does like, come hop to... Hop right in there, boy. Uh, Xbox, mm-hmm. old Xbox, PlayStation, old PlayStation, and PC. And I'm like, man, I wish you would kind of just cut that cord mm-hmm. so we can get a better running game because it already looks really, really good. I wonder maybe what kind of could have been without compromising anything. Mm-hmm. And that's actually going to be Lies of P. Now, that's developed by Neil Wiz Game. Awesome. Uh, developed by Neowiz Games and uh, published by Neowiz Games and also uh, the other developer sorry excuse me is Round 8 and that doesn't have a release date they just said 2023 but this is a day one Game Pass game now this game pretty much is Bloodborne meets Pinocchio so if you're (laughs) familiar with Bloodborne it looks almost it looks like they're pretty much took from Bloodborne and maybe Sekiro too because your antagonist does have that kind of mechanical arm that seems like it serves almost as like multi-functions like you can shoot stuff with it while you're attacking doing everything so I kind of got a big Sekiro vibe for it so either way very like Soulsborne even as far as the way the world looks the enemies are you have these weird creepy puppets from the level design it looks like it's just straight ripped out of Dark Souls and I wonder if this will be the first person to maybe we're gonna take this Take a cool element. Like, I, I didn't think Pinocchio would be that cool. I was like, oh, that sounds pretty weird. I don't get how that would work. But after seeing it, I'm like, no, this looks super, super interesting. And I can't wait to play this game. And they're even saying to, besides part of the combat as far as what you're doing, there's dialogue options throughout the game that are going to make a difference as far as they play in that Pinocchio style. You know, you can lie or tell the truth. Because at one point, I don't know 
if maybe the person would have been friendly or not, but they're carrying a coffin and they drop it down and it says liar in like big fucking letters. I'm like, <laughs> man, if that makes a difference between maybe like a boss fight or an ally or someone helping you or maybe an ally turned boss because you lied to them about something, I'm like, okay, I can't wait to see kind of where they're going to take that. So I'm super excited for that one. Yeah, I think it's cool that they can take something, a fairy tale like Pinocchio and make it, give it this aesthetic and make something that looks badass because the, the combat was looking dope. Just to, just in the beginning, I, I'm assuming it's Geppetto when he's just like, I found you, my son. I'm like, yeah, cool. We're keeping a cool little storyline. So I'd be really interested to see more takes on other like classic fairy tales like that moving forward. If we could do that. That's what I saw a lot of people talking about too. Is like, what would you like to see as far as, okay, if this game is successful and does this right, where would you like to see something? And I saw someone say that they would like a red riding hood game, but she's like a demon hunter. Oh, and I'm like, Oh man, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Cause the way we, even we look at the old, uh, Alice in Wonderland game, that really dark one that when she goes in like her psychosis, it was like, that was interesting too. So, um, piggybacking off of yours, this one kind of fits in a fairy tale uh, world too. So this game wait, is that everything you had to do on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, go so ahead. this is um, Blacktail, and uh, it's uh, described as this: Forge the legend of Baba Yaga, a girl accused of witchcraft and expelled from her home. Live out the origins of the Slavic myth in this one-of-a-kind blend of intense archery combat and dark storytelling set in a vibrant fairy tale world. So uh, this is coming. Out on December 15th of 2022, so you can look forward to that at the end of the year, assuming it doesn't get pushed. Developed by The Parasite, published by Focus Entertainment, coming to Series X and S, as well as the PS5. And again, like, you know, the Pinocchio, I love this idea of them mashing myth with fairy tale, because, you know, the old fairy tales are all dark, you know what I mean? It wasn't until, like... Disney kind of, you know, morphed them into what we know as being, like, classic fairy tales, nice, fun, bright. Like, I love the idea of these dark things coming to life and you're battling it. The fact that you're Baba Yaga, you know, the boogeyman, as we know from John Wick, is dope. Um, the aesthetic looks very cool. Again, what I'm worried about, though, is the whole concept is this bow. And we've seen the bow, you know, get played out a lot. Horizon uses it extensively. Tomb Raider uses it extensively. But what it looked like... It's adding some more mechanics to it. You know, the way it's incorporating the magic, the combat system. So if they can nail it right, because I don't have a problem with, you know, the same weapons over and over and over. As long as they all feel good to play, they all kind of maybe do something a little different so it's not getting stagnant. Like, I wouldn't want to get off of Horizon where I'm constantly shooting a bow, jumping into this game and being like, oh, I don't see a difference. So right. I can see this game being um, super, super cool. And the fact that it's coming out the end of the year, I like. I think it's a good time for it. And... Again, that storyline, I you know, how often do you hear any games that are diving into Slavic myths? So I'm like, I can't wait to see what that's... Because I can't even wrap my head around what that's even going to be like. So this yeah, is, right? it's almost like... Um, like, I know, you know, Norse mythology is getting bigger and bigger. But, like, when I was playing Hellblade, I'm like, I don't really know what to... Because Assassin's Creed did it one way with Norse. God of War did it another way with Norse. It's like Hellblade kind of went in a different direction. So I'm like, I don't even know where they would go with this. So, you know, I don't know anything about Slavic myths. So going into this like it's all going to be brand new lore and things like that so i'm super excited to see what you're going to be fighting who, what the storyline's going to be so yeah this game i thought was uh super super interesting my final one and i think another big surprise especially for a lot of people there because we haven't seen anything from this game in almost like eight years is dead island 2 which they closed out the They're show still doing that <laughs> and i actually really love the first dead island this one is, again, so published by Deep Silver, but it is not being developed by Techland anymore because they're too busy doing Dying Light. This one is by Damn Buster Studios, and they put out a hard release date for this game, February 3rd, 2023. And I believe 
in that release date because again this game has been in development hell i haven't heard about this game in the longest time the last time was that maybe even made more of a ruckus and it's still in development hell development hell is when they put out that pre-order when it first when they first announced it in like 2014 and it was like the woman the half a woman's bus that's like bitten by a zombie and like torn apart and everything and people were like or not clamoring for it but like just talking like oh that's derogatory and this and that and i remember that being like a big thing so it's crazy to finally see something from this game after all this time and i thought it looked pretty interesting i think it looks a lot more bright and vibrant and kind of the opposite color palette of what dead island one was and again i liked one enough and i didn't play riptide to where i'm willing to jump in on this so i'm kind of excited for it. i think it's coming out maybe at a wrong time though because the start of the year is like very very busy especially too because you already have res evil around that time closer protocol around that time dead space around that time that you're now they're gonna you're now gonna put another zombie undead creature style game at the start of the year i think they should have taken that flag and maybe moved it for like a summer or something but either way it's out there for anyone who's been dying for it <laughs> yeah hogwarts got pushed back to march so i mean there's a lot of things i mean i'm a fan i'm a fan of dying light as well i love who do you voodoo bitch and dead island yeah or the, wait the, Dead Island. Dying Light is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So I li- I'm a big fan of, of Dead Island. And yeah, so Dead Island 2 was originally was supposed to be Dying Light. Or Dying Light was originally supposed to be Dead Island 2. And they kind of broke off. And it's weird because Dying Light... I'm getting the main... Dead Island has been through like four different studios. So it is yeah. good to finally see that it's coming out. And uh, hopefully it does well because, I mean, hopefully it's a different enough from number one that we're... Because um, Riptide wasn't much different. And I think that's why a lot of people weren't a big fan of right. Riptide. It was kind so, of almost like a palette swap. Yeah. So yeah, I get I get Dying Light and Dead Island mixed up. So uh, anything else on that, my man? No, that was my last one. So my final one, guys, is um, Tales. Uh, oh, what's it? Not not Tales from the Borderland. It's the new Tales from the Borderland, which is uh, coming out from uh, Telltale Games. Now it's coming out this October, and let me just read this to you guys for a quick synopsis. It says. Uh, and this comes from Polygon. It says, Gearbox Software has a new Borderlands episodic narrative adventure coming this October, a follow-up to Telltale Games' excellent 2015 game series. Tales from the Borderlands, uh, but rather than focusing on the heroes, which was confusing to me, Reese and Fiona from the original Tales series, the new game, fittingly titled New Tales from the Borderlands, will give players control of three new characters that Gearbox calls lovable losers on a world-saving adventure. The trio of non-heroes includes a new... The altruistic scientist, her wannabe streetwise but but amusingly hapless brother Octavio and Fran, which is the owner of a Froyo shop in the metropolis of Promethea. Now, it was kind of interesting that they weren't piggybacking off the last one. You think they would have made a two, but because it is a new Telltale, I love that it's called the New Tales from right. the Borderlands, and that's one of the cool things Borderlands has always been able to do. It can take it can take a whole new cast of characters and make you fall in love with them all over again. We've already seen them do that with. The Handsome Jack Collection, when they have one, two, the prequel, all different characters. The Telltale was surprisingly fun. Now, if you're a fan of the original Telltale games, which I know we both were, um, Borderlands was probably one of the best ones. It was the best written. It was it had the best storyline. It had some of the best voice acting. So the fact that they're making this one, and this is what they're coming out with first out the gate, or one of the ones first out the gate, uh, I'm super excited. You know, I'm hoping they said they're going to make it more kind of narrative focused, so it's not just going to be like dodging and this you're actually gonna have a little bit more to do which i think is a smart move but 
one of the best things that I like Borderlands for is the new characters that you always get to meet, is the crude humor that they do, is kind of, you know, the zany mechanical things. At one point, you know, she's scared. She's like, they've got talking guns that'll just yeah. shoot you. And they have that whole little thing, this kind of dog-like shotgun looking at her. So um, I'm super excited for it. I'm glad that uh, we didn't lose uh, Telltale Games. I'm glad that they are back with some of that IP. I hope they've learned from their mistakes. I know they are owned now by a new parent company, but from everything I saw in the trailer, it looks like more of Borderlands. And I know some people don't love that, but to me, that's a good thing. I like more Borderlands. I think this will be a huge game for them. It has to be, and it has to do well. Because if it doesn't, then I don't think it really bodes well for them in the future. Especially since this is supposed to be their comeback tour. Yeah, and hopefully it's a good one. Because I know they got a few things in the pipeline. We have seen um, The Wolf Among Us 2. We, have, so we right. saw that kind of trailer. I think there's one more from Telltale floating around. It might have been even in this too, I forget. But... I'm surprised um, The Wolf Among Us 2 wasn't what they should. That's what I thought they were maybe going to show because I thought that would have been ready first. Hey, we got all week. Maybe they're going to pop it up um, a little bit later on if you know Gearbox or something does uh, any kind of uh, showcase. But yeah, those are the four games that we picked out that kind of caught our eye. I do want to give shout outs to Hogwarts Legacy. They had the new trailer that they were showing off. Was there any, um, any honorable mentions you want to mention? Um, I like seeing some more Callista Protocol on there because I'm really excited for that game. So anything to do with that. Um, oh, I was telling Craig too, the uh, new, I, as much as I was saying it the other day, I'm so tired of seeing Gotham Knights. I felt like this new trailer for it, the villains trailer, actually did a lot for me that I'm like, okay, cool, finally, maybe I'm seeing a different aspect of this game that I'm more excited for in Batman. And that's always not just who am I playing as, but who am I going against? Like, what is my purpose here? And so seeing these villains, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, this has me feeling a lot better now about the game. <laughs> who am I? I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you for that. And let's move into our questions of the week. Now, guys, if you want to get a question on the air that Andrew and I can answer or discuss or topic about or debate, um, leave that um, in our comment section of our YouTube show, or you can uh, send it to our email at lastcallproductions at gmail.com, or you can send it to me at Craig Prowess on either Instagram or Twitter. So with that being said, guys, our first question comes from Stephen R. And they write, uh, I just saw Netflix launched a season two of Cuphead. I didn't even know there was a new season. Have you checked it out and is it worth watching? Yeah, Netflix is really kind of bad at marketing. Like you never know. Like I literally, we were watching, I forget what we were doing. Oh, we were watching Tekken last week. And, oh, and, yeah. and I saw that it popped up and I remember texting Andrew. I'm like, did you even know that like Cuphead season two was out? Because I liked season one. So I was, I was definitely looking forward to season two, but it kind of just snuck up on the radar. But um, I actually got a chance to finish it. Andrews, I think, is halfway done with it. Right. So why don't you start us off, let us know your thoughts, and I'll kind of end it with mine. I, I think I'm still really having fun with it. I mean, I think it's more of the same. Um, my favorite episode so far is the third one where they're doing like a high sea adventure. I think the only thing that was a little weird that you and me were both talking about, and I did notice it afterwards, is that some of these episodes have weird times. So one of them could be like... 20 minutes the other one will be like 30 for some reason yeah, I, I watched the last one it was like 10 i was like yeah what's the what's the consistency here so other than that i mean it's just, it is more cuphead so i'm i'm enjoying it for what it is yeah it's 13 episodes long um i gotta say i think season one is better in a couple of reasons one is it was new and it was kind of cool like oh cool they can't take this game that was you know highly successful and adapt a pretty good version of a show that mimics old school like looney tune style comedy um but my biggest problem is season two lacked everything that I liked most about season one. The devil is barely in it, who I thought was one of the funniest characters. Right. Um, is it Dicehead? Who's who's the king? King Dice. King Dice. He's barely in it, which I thought was good, which he was one of my favorite characters. Chalice, who I thought was going to be a bigger part of season two, 
she's barely in the show. So I'm like, oh, so they, they kind of, and in the old one, it was almost like every episode they would kind of fight a boss at the end. Like, you know, just kind of how the game mimics it, where some of these episodes kind of turned to be more reliant on just Cuphead and Mugman fighting amongst themselves. I mean, there was episodes that had uh, recognizable and memorable bosses, but for another 13 episodes, like a lot of that was kind of missing, but it's still fun. It's still, it's still good stuff. I would suggest watching it because for in about two hours, you can knock out the whole season. So it is, uh, it is still fun to watch. The, the comedy is still there, but the other weird thing is I slowly think I like Mugman more than I like Cuphead. I think so too. Season. I'm like, I just, he's, I just think he's funnier. I think what he, how he relates and kind of being like the scaredy cat, um, more responsible one kind of pans out to be funnier to me when they do certain things with like um, Elder Kettle and between him and Cuphead. So I don't know. I, the, the Cuphead, it's like that Mario Luigi stigma. It's like I was the just Mario Brothers. Say, it's like, why is Mugman like second fiddle? I like Luigi more than <laughs> I like Mario and I like Mugman more than I like Cuphead. Nice. So I would say for your question, definitely check it out. But if you were a big fan of number one, I, th- I think number one is, is the better season so far. So thank you for the question. Uh, the second one comes from uh, Katie Cameron and she writes, if you could create a game, what kind of game would you create? Have we had a question like this before? It sounds vaguely kind of familiar. I think we did, but it was tied to like some sort of topic or something. So what would you make if you could make something? Mm, I think maybe I'd like to make... Maybe... Like in... I don't want to say open world, but within the confines of a city, <laughs> some sort of like zombie-like game that's... I don't want to say multiplayer, but maybe you jump in with a lot of people, and so you could choose to help each other. Choose oh, almost like I don't want to say battle royale, but you have these other games where, like Escape from Tarkov, you don't have to fight each other. You could just do your objective, or you could kill someone and take all their loot. So I think some sort of zombie-style game within the confines of a city or an area, I think, would be really cool. Like that. Are you I keeping can- it on last-gen hardware? No, I mean, as long no. as it's on the PS4 and the. Uh- it's VR only. <laughs> nice. Um, I think I would pick, I mean, I'm a big fan and I can't wait for the new one to come out, the Mario Rabbids game. And it's, you know, Mario, Luigi, Princess Peach, now Bowser's in it, and the Rabbids. I do not get why Nintendo doesn't make an RPG that uses Donkey Kong and Link. I mean, if you can do it with Smash Brothers, and you've seen how successful it is that you can put all those characters together in a game that people like that mashup, I don't know why there's not some version of an RPG or adventure game where you can make a party with Link and DK and Mario, and like, who wouldn't want to play that? It seems weird that they're willing to put them in anything else. Like tennis, sure. Soccer, why the hell not? Kart yeah, <laughs> racing, sure. Let's let's get it going, man. But you can't do something that's already been tried and true and beloved. Yeah, because I just it it blows my mind that they're in every sports game, but yet there's no action adventure or tactical RPG game that explores that IP that every Nintendo player would buy. Even make something almost like what Donkey Kong 64 was. Like, Donkey Kong 64, I remember being great, and I know people look back on it fondly. Like, why is there not another, unless I missed it, not another Donkey Kong like that? Why does it have to be a 2D left or right or fucking Donkey Kong or some weird shit? <laughs> like, you're willing to do that before you do something else that you know works. Yeah, so that's what I would like to make, and uh, Nintendo can hire me as a creative uh, design and writer for it. So, uh, next, final question, guys, comes from uh, Zulma Ross. Zulema Ross, and she writes, uh, "Who is your favorite Dragon Ball character?" It probably comes off a couple episodes ago, where we just got back watching Dragon Ball Super. So I'm gonna say mine is mine is and always has been. As soon as I saw DBZ, was Raditz. The first time Raditz showed up, I was like, "Oh!" Because I've watched Dragon Ball, you know, best ending line in the we, show. Yeah, yeah, we've seen GT. You know, I've seen all of Super. Dude, Raditz as a cool introduction was 
it instantly showed that, like, because Goku was always battling, like, Piccolo or the Red Ribbon Army. Like, this is somebody that came down that looked like Goku, and you're like, oh, dude. And he's way stronger. The fact that it added a brother to Goku I thought was cool. It, ex it instantly expanded Goku's world. It The fact that they had scouters, everybody wears them now. They're iconic. There's MMA fighters that wear them to yeah. weigh-ins. It's just such a cool, cool look. The fact that we now know that there's more Saiyans. Goku is a Saiyan. Kakarot is his name, you know? When he starts, like, Raditz keeps calling him Kakarot, and you're like, dude, who, who the fuck's Kakarot? And you're yeah. like, oh, dude, there's more. The fact that he's like, there's more Saiyans coming. Vegeta's coming. Nappa's coming. The fact that they brought back the emphasis on the monkey tail that he's he has it wrapped around. He's looking at it. For me, in that, in, the, in that first, I think, two or three episodes that Raditz is there kind of figuring all that out. I'm like, dude, everything about that was awesome. And, right. I mean, you wouldn't have the Super Saiyan 3 hair look if it wasn't for Raditz having that look, which everyone was like, dude, that was dope. I mean, obviously he didn't get as far. And in the manga, I think he's actually, in the underworld, he's, Nappa is now serving Raditz and Raditz has finally learned to go Super Saiyan. And I'm like, dude, dope. So, um, I love Raditz. He'd be my, I mean, there's tons of other ones and I, I don't know, we were talking about it a little earlier. I don't even know where you landed on yours. Mine would actually be Vegeta, but I don't want to choose something mainstream for this answer because I could harp on Vegeta. Now that we were talking about it, I think if I had to choose something non-mainstream, mine would be Cell because I think he's an amazing villain and we were just talking about it is he has a great villain arc as far as like how he starts where he's all like snivelly and kind of more plain stealthily versus then he gets bigger and stronger and he's a lot more arrogant but he's still kind of like weak and then he turns into this overly cocky and super powerful form when he's in his third phase that I'm like yeah you know what if I'm trying not to choose anyone mainstream mainstream I would say Cell I think Cell's like super dope and just that kind of like his transformations and the way his personality goes, I'm like, man, you know, that's really cool. And I like you see that with people like, like Vegeta, who who comes to show more compassion than being, you know, just ruthless over the course of a show. You see this in like a more tighter area. That that's why I would have to choose him. Nice. Then I guess my my uh, my non-mainstream, yeah, would be. Well, I don't think Raditz no, is mainstream. Raditz would be low key. But if I had to pick a bigger player in the game that most people would would recognize i've always was a fan of gogeta because i loved it what he did fighting um in gt and i love that he's finally back after watching the brawly movie so there you go leave your answer down below of your favorite and if anyone out there likes raditz hey you're part of the home team now if you want coolest entrance it's got to be teen trunks Te yeah I mean, I mean, there's no topping that <laughs> they're all cool man all right they're all cool they're all my favorite so uh thank you guys for joining us on episode uh 145 join us next time for episode 146 so until next time guys my name is craig prowls this is mandrew montemayor cheers see ya i don't know what else has some good ones aladine jungle book jungle book's got some fire robin hood and little john's got some good I would, well, personally for me, I would put Robin Hood on that pedestal with Jungle Book and Aladdin because Robin Hood's my favorite out of those kind of movies. Yeah, I just feel like if you're asking like a female, most of them would be, they'd be doing like The Little Mermaids, The the Beauty and the Beast, which I like, but they're like, they're not my favorite yeah. songs. I actually really just never really cared for Beauty and the Beast. It's got, hey, when I won an Oscar, first Disney movie, I think in the Renaissance. I think Robin, I won one. Robin Hood's better. Robin Hood's great. I can watch that anytime. Robin Hood and Little John. We should go with that for like Halloween. Oh, fuck. Me and Dante. <laughs> Dante could be the honorable <laughs> sheriff of Nottingham. What about Fr Good Friar Tuckman? I'll go as Prince John, but I'll wear his like onesie pajamas. I want to be, um, what's the little rabbit's name? Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know any of their name. 
Oh, why can't I think of his name? Because in my head, all, the, all I can think of is Thumper as a rabbit. I and, can't think of the other one where he's like, not old Robin Hood. And he-